Passion Podcast. Erin, mm-hmm. nice to be talking to you again. <laughs> we liked it so much the first time. We're back for another round of the DIY Passion Podcast. And we've been talking a lot in our house on the blog about a very particular topic. Um, actually, and I don't think it's just us. There's bloggers around the world who are now... Hot topic. Yeah, it's a hot topic. And it is authenticity. Yes. What does authenticity mean? What does it mean to be true to yourself? What does it mean to be true to others? Um, especially when you put yourself out there, um, as you do when you're, when you're online. And is there a different level of truth? I think that that's ultimately what we're getting at. And I guess even more fundamental to that is, is it a blogger's job to always be truthful or is it a blogger's job to continue to present whatever they want to present, right? Do, is, it, is it a veil on purpose? Well, I think it depends on the kind of person behind the blog uh, that determines how, that, how you'd answer that question. And I think that's a question that, uh, for you and me, um, one that I, I think we, we kind of fell into both camps for a while there. And I think, without giving too much away, but what we want to talk about, I, I do think that we've fallen into the latter. We're more now the kinds of people that are just really want to show you the realities of, of what blogging means. And I should also say we found other bloggers who are like that as well. And I've, I did some digging and collected some, um, show notes, some other things that you can read, some other resources about this very topic about bloggers. The biggest thing for me, I think in being authentic is that it's hard. It's hard work. It's hard to know who you really are, but, um, at the same time, time, um, I think readers recognize when you're being false before you do. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, actually, no question about it. You see it for myself, at least, when I'm doing my own reading uh, for online, you can you can see right through the BS yeah. with people. Yeah. And uh, I think the temptation, especially with what we do, uh, the kind of blogging we do, is to present the sunny side up, beautiful house beautiful look all the time yeah. and uh the nice thing about the blog is that you can do that you can really put that message out there but again people see through that and I think for us uh it feels a bit icky to do that you know it does and I tried it for a while it not only feels icky but it's exhausting it's exhausting to be someone you are not yes that's fair so Okay, so I guess what we've established is that it's important to be authentic, but we're kind of bandying about how to get there, and... I couldn't speak a bit about that. Yeah, you've had, own, you've had a bit of a thing with that. I've had my own struggles with, with what it means, and it's something that uh, I think over the last few months I've battled with. Um, a lot of it was just plain and simply rooted in insecurity about um, what I had to say, 
and and you know in large part I, I for a while there I didn't really feel like I had much to say um, because I was trying to be someone I wasn't I think I was trying to present a side of myself that uh, wasn't true and it took um, well it took a number of things but it, it really came about through talking with you and and really looking and talking with myself uh, what it is I was saying that that, that became apparent mm-hmm. so I guess for sake of our listeners do you want to give some examples of maybe how you felt when you weren't being truthful and what kind of blog posts you produced then versus the kind of truth that you feel now and the kind of things that you're tackling now well I don't know for for people that were reading the blog um, and were following along they probably saw that for a while there I wasn't contributing that much and I don't think it's so much that the kind of product I was producing was was false I think I just wasn't producing mm-hmm. I wasn't really contributing in that way and um, you know I, I was more content to sit on the sidelines and and really partake in projects because that was comfort comfortable for me I didn't have to put myself out there and, and actually speak about how I felt about this kind of thing and, uh, and it became obvious after, you know, three or four months went by that, where I'd have only have maybe a post or two that, uh, that, uh, I wasn't really part of this mm-hmm. and I didn't feel very good about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I watched you go through that and we had many discussions about how to remedy that. The other thing that I noticed, and you probably noticed this from my perspective is that I, I'm very much hard on my sleeve and I have no problem. I've never had a problem. Sometimes I yeah. feel like I go too far. Sure. Does that? And, but well, there's but, value in that. I mean, I, and I, I think for me, I, I'm not a heart on my sleeve kind of guy. A lot of the time, I'm rather insular, and um, I'm not always one that wants to. Uh, or traditionally, I wasn't one that really wanted to look too hard at the kinds of things that might have been on my mind. Um, it was easier to kind of ignore them, and I think um, you know that that really wasn't who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I took I think a page from your book. Um, when I put up the, our post about, you know, my struggles at being a blogger and, and what it means to be good at what, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really in having that conversation with you and, and then really in having the conversation with myself, I, I came to realize better what it is to be good, at, uh, to be successful in, in DIY blogging. And we're going to post a link, obviously, to that blog on the show notes for this podcast. The other thing, just before, I mean, I don't want to flog a dead horse here, but what I do also notice, though, is that as soon as you're more authentic, whether it's on social media, on Instagram, on a Facebook post, um, in an entire blog post, whatever it may be, the readers respond differently, and I would argue also more authentically. So when we've written in the past about some of the personal struggles that we've had behind the scenes that have absolutely nothing to do with hammers and nails and paintbrushes, um, that's when I feel like we mobilize our, our, our readers and these people who we don't know in real life, but who feel like they know us. And there's some validation in that, but it's a fine balance, right? Social media especially Facebook, Instagram, what have you, but so much of it is, I feel, a front. And um, there's just kind of a way that people use it that's really vain in a way. Mm -hmm. So when we are actually 
stepping outside of that and and taking the opportunity to share something that is a little more genuine, authentic. Um, I think that's what's resonating with people, and that's why it's those kinds of topics, those kinds of posts, conversations have been ones that were most engaging for us. Yeah, absolutely. Even the one that I posted about us starting this podcast about how it was a very emotional process for me to to get back in front of a microphone. Um, I think that sure. post garnered almost as, you know, was one of our highest commented posts in a very long time. Um, and on Instagram, we make sure that we post progress pictures. We're not one of those Instagram feeds that's just beautiful lighting and soft bouquet, you know, pictures. Sure. We're, I, you know, I typically run the Instagram, um, but I post pictures of messy stuff. Yeah, not to say there isn't a place for the oh, I love the beautiful. The beautiful. Shot, I love the beautiful. Right, but, but that that speaks back to you know why we, we like doing the blogging in the first place. When you're proud of something, um, you want to kind of show it off and, and showcase something that you put the time into. So there, there is a place for yeah. the the nice set shot that really shows what you're proud of, but. Um, but life is both beautiful and messy. So, you know what? We want to hear from you on this. If you have um, a specific voice that you like to write in, if there's a voice on social media or on blogs that you more like to hear, I mean, we want to know what your take is on this concept of being an authentic blogger. So leave a comment um, on this podcast post. You can Send us an email, DIYPassionBlog at gmail.com. Uh, in general, we just we just want to hear from you, real people talking to real people. Now, speaking of that, that's a tactic. This is a pivot. I'm going to pivot now. That's a bit of a tactic that um, we have used in the past. Um, real people talking to real people can sometimes score you a deal. Are we getting to... We're, we're going to delve. We're going to take a break. And be authentic and talk and give away some of our best tips as DIY bloggers for how we uh, do things on a dime. Does that I'm make excited. sense? Are you? I know you, this is a segment that you really wanted to do. Yes. All right. So stick with us. When we come back, here's what we're going to be talking about. All of our best tips for saving money and finding gems at yard sales. You can find us online by visiting www.diypassion.com or drop us an email at diypassionblog at gmail.com. All of the information about this episode is in the show notes on our blog, which you can find by visiting the podcast tab. Okay, and now we're back and we're we're talking about Dan's favorite pastime, which is yard sailing. It's officially a verb. It's officially my favorite thing in the universe. It is... In the universe? It's up there. Okay, okay. Well, I, and, and before we get going, I have to say, give you some cr- street cred on this yard sale thing. When we got together, um, there was no way on this good planet that I was ever going to buy anything at a yard sale, at a thrift store, or anything. And now, from learning from you, we have filled our home with found treasures, Um that I love and other people love and they can't believe where we found them or how we found them. So let's get to your list, Dan. First things first, I guess for people who want to host a yard sale, how are you going to attract the right kind of buyer? So you got to have lots of signage for one. People got to know where to find you. That means more than just a sign out in your, your, uh, your lawn. 
You want to let people know from streets away where the yard sale is at. And don't use those fluorescent ones. Use just white with black or something that's really easy to read because I find sometimes that fluorescent, um, super, super fluorescent poster board with when you're driving. Writing. Yeah, when you're driving, you, you, you can't read it. Right. So actually, item number two, good displays. Okay. That That's referring both to the, your layout for your yard sale, but then actually letting people know about it. It's your advertising, so to speak. Yeah. And so, good displays would be like, Tables that you're not bending down, like things yeah, like that. Yeah, oh yeah, right? no, like, absolutely. We're getting yeah. into, uh, you want you don't want everything crammed together. You want everything spaced out. You want stuff uh, out on tables. If you've got books and that sort of thing, keep them together. Ju uh, just put thing like items together in like places so yeah. that people, if they know what they're looking for, they know where to go. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, so true. Good displays, good signage. Uh, parking. Parking's a big one. Um, you don't always have the luxury of, if it's your own uh, yard, of, of uh, having people being able to park in your yard, but uh, just letting people know where they can park, um, whether it's street parking or clear your driveway so that people can pull in, give them a reason to stop, mm -hmm. and make it easier for them to stop. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, you know, if you're having a yard sale, uh, the things that we're looking for, uh, if, and if you're going out the yard sales, you don't want to be spending an arm and a leg. And let's be realistic here. Um, People are going to yard sales because they want things on the cheap. They want to find score good deals. Doesn't yeah. mean they want to find cheap stuff. Yeah. But if you want good crowds, you want to keep the prices down low. Yeah. Nothing's better than going in there and asking how much that really cool item is and oh it's fifty cents. That's what you want. You yeah. want to be paying fifty cents a dollar. You don't want to be paying five dollars, twenty dollars for these things. No, and that, to that point, the point of having a yard sale should be to just get rid of stuff and purge. And we keep saying that we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a whole discussion about our approach to purging and organizing because it's pretty robust and I think pretty awesome. But a yard sale is one way to do that. So price it low so the stuff gets gets gone. Yeah. Because that's what we're looking for. Yeah. When I go yard sailing, when I'm dragging Aaron out for yard sailing, <laughs> we're looking for those people that show, let you know where the yard sale is. You get there. The stuff is cheap. People are there. There's an energy. It's buzzing. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. wheeling and dealing. So hold on. I wanted to give one of my tips then oh. that I've learned is that speaking of buzzing is that one of the best places to get deals are church rummage sales. Now, usually those sales, they'll charge you a couple dollars to get in. Usually that comes with a cookie or a hot dog, so you kind of get lunch, you get to talk to some adorable people, but we have had some of our best scores there. And one of the tricks is to just kind of hang around in the back um, while they're bringing, bringing stuff out. Because yeah. we have found um, our dining room buffet, we'll post a link to that. We paid $5 for that. I got a set of golf clubs, left-handed clubs, hard to find, full set. Bag included. I don't even golf. I bought it. It was cheap. It was great. Yeah, so those golf clubs might be out at a yard sale that we will be hosting at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Aaron, now you're talking about some of our scores. What are the things that we can look for when we're going yard sailing ourselves? Yeah. What do, what do we look for? So, furniture, I would say, would be top. But when you're looking for furniture, you want to make sure that if it's damaged, it's repairable. Mm -hmm. So, usually something that's repairable... Um, is solid wood. Mm -hmm. Don't get press board stuff. It's just gonna break. It's already been through its life cycle. Let that go to furniture heaven. Um, solid wood furniture, you can never ever go wrong with solid wood furniture, especially if it's $20 or less. 
buy it. Um, the other thing that we really like to purchase at yard sales, rummage sales, thrift stores, and the like, mirrors. Because yeah. retail, mirrors cost a lot of money. So if they're not scratched, if they're not damaged, just buy the mirror. You will find use for it. Um, I can pretty much guarantee a beautiful gallery wall of thrifted mirrors be still in my heart. That that works yeah. for me. You know what else works? What? It works for me. Tools. Yes. Yard sales are a great way to build your tool shed, to build up your arsenal of tools because uh, anybody knows once you buy a tool, you want to get another one. So <laughs> it's true. if you can find that a little couple who's selling tools because one of them just wants to buy the newest and greatest, that means they're going to be selling that jigsaw. They're going to be selling a mallet. They're going to be selling... Uh, saw blades. Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity to get in there and, and pick and choose the stuff that you might not have. Um, you could find a great use for it, or often you'll actually find antiques that are, are cool show kind of uh, display items even. Yes, I know that there's one blogger who I admire very much, Donna from Funky Junk Interiors, is all about that kind of old rustic tool wagon wheel sort of look, and it's definitely a look, but um, it's beautiful. One thing I'll say to lamps, lamps are a big thing. If you like the bones of a lamp, it can always, always be rewired, whether you're courageous enough yeah. to rewire it yourself with a kit you buy at the hardware store or you pay a professional to do it. If you love the lamp, buy the lamp because nine times out of 10, it will be salvageable if it doesn't work. If it does work, fabulous. You've just got an amazing piece. Yeah. Um, and there's one other thing that I really like about yard sales What's is that? that you get to talk to people. Yeah. You can talk to the old blue hairs. Yeah. You can talk to, you know, your neighbor that you might not have really said really anything known. to before. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a nice kind of coming together of actual people. Um, you learn some crazy things and you might even get to find out the history of something that you're bringing home. But so. don't be afraid to push a little bit if they're asking too much. They want $2? Offer them one. <laughs> they might be your neighbor, but hey, you're helping get rid of the stuff. And you should always go to a yard sale. I, this was the number one tip I had, and I forgot to say it, but you should always go to a yard sale with small bills and change. Yeah. Because if you're going to try and get someone down to $4 from 5 and all you have on you is a 20 guess what? You're paying 20 bucks for that. Unless, if you only have a 20 then you can start to say, well, you know, that mirror, okay, I don't really want to pay that for it, but if you throw in... Maybe that lamp, you throw in these couple of books, then I'll give you my 20. Yeah. yeah. So bundle that stuff. Wheeling and dealing Dan styles. Now maybe one quick thing we should mention. Yard sales, you know, you get in there, there's always good stuff, but what are some of the things that you should maybe avoid? Yeah. I don't like to buy clothing at yard sales. I don't like to buy holiday decor. I have a whole thing about holiday decor. One day I'll tell you about it. I think that it's overrated. I know I'm probably going to get hate mail for saying that. Um... I like to, to decorate seasonally, but having somebody's old holiday decor doesn't do it for me. Um, and the only other thing I would say is don't just go to a yard sale and buy tchotchkes because they won't mean anything to you. Tchotchkes? Tchotchkes, like, like, little, like little, like little doodads and things like that. Like those, the doodads in your house should be collected by you because they mean something to you. Don't just go and buy them at a yard sale. That's, and that's like a value judgment that I'm making. Right. So you mean like the, the coconut, uh, whatever the Cuban, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or Someone's like vacation. Or yeah. Or the little ceramic cat. Right. Just don't do it. Got it. Just don't do it. 
And I think that that pretty much wraps it up. But uh, the show notes for this will have uh, links to some of our best yard sale finds so that you can see, A, how much money we saved, and then, B, how we rehabbed some of them to make them showpieces because a lot of them, um, I mentioned our buffet, but almost every piece in our blog office was bought either at a yard sale or a, a thrift store. So get out there. Go yard sailing. Meet your neighbors. Spend some loonies. That's it, folks. That's it. That's our thoughts on yard sales. That's our thoughts on being authentic. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you for listening. And you can find us on iTunes. Make sure that you vote us up. Uh, five stars would be fabulous. Or you can email us at DIYPassionBlog at gmail.com. And, of course, the website is DIYPassion.com. I'm Aaron. I'm Dan. Episode 3 is coming soon. Stay tuned. about advertising or sponsoring the DIY Passion podcast, please visit our website at www.diypassion.com or email us diypassionblog at gmail.com.